Why are we doing it? And are we doing the whole play? Uh, uh, so we're doing it because I want to see if I can record effective and cool um, play readings like this, because I want to do more of them. If we can, I would make play readings and put them out as audio things that people could listen to. So it's mm -hmm. a form of recording. And my hope is that things can happen at a faster pace, you know, because you don't have to rehearse, you don't have to do things. It's a bit like Red Not Dead. And we can do some really interesting stuff, us okay. and bringing in other actors and so on. Brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, it's the idea that it's teleprompted by me, so you don't have to have everybody looking at their own scripts and stuff. And it's an audio only thing, and it's about doing it without rehearsal. So people are just doing their best. You use good actors who just make choices and stick with them okay. and see uh, what uh, happens. I get, I get the picture. Great. Cool. Good. Okay. So we're not going to do um, no stage directions. It's just read the damn lines. So. Okay. Um, yeah, I think you're not, you're not, neither you nor I are going to attempt an American accent. No, I was just going to, yo, that's it. Just our own voices. Yeah. Let's crack into it. I've been to the zoo. I said I've been to the zoo. Mister, I've been to the zoo. What? I'm sorry, were you talking to me? I went to the zoo and then I walked until I came here. Have I been walking north? North? What? I think so. Let me see. Is that Fifth Avenue? Well, yes, it is. And what is that cross street there? Uh, that one to the right. That? Oh, that's 74th Street. And the zoo's around 65th Street, so I've been walking north. Yes, it would seem so. Good old north. <laughs> but not due north. Uh, well, no, not due north, but uh, we call it north. It's northerly. Well, boy, you're not going to get lung cancer, are you? No, sir. Not from this. No, sir. What you'll probably get is cancer of the mouth. And then you'll have to wear one of those things Freud wore after they took one whole side of his jaw away. What do they call those things? Uh, a prosthesis? A very thing, a prosthesis. You're an educated man, aren't you? Are you a doctor? <laughs> I read about it somewhere. I read about it somewhere. Time magazine, I think. Well, Time magazine isn't for blockheads. No, I suppose not. Boy, I'm glad that's Fifth Avenue there. Yes. I don't like the west side of the park much. Oh. Why? I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> oh. <clears throat> Do you mind if we talk? Why, no, no. Yes, you do. You do. No, I really, I don't mind. Yes, you do. I don't mind at all, really. It's it's a nice day. Yes, yes, it's 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 lovely. I've been to the zoo. I think you said so, didn't you? You'll read it about it. 
you'll read about it in the papers tomorrow if you don't see it on your TV tonight. You, you have TV, haven't you? Well, yes, we have two. <laughs> One for the children. You're married. Why, certainly. It isn't a law, for God's sake. No, no, of course not. And you have a wife. Yes. And you have children. Yes, two. Boys? No, girls, both girls. But you want a boys? Well, naturally. <laughs> Every man wants a son, but... Uh, that's the way the cookie grumbles. I wasn't going to say that. And you're not going to have any more kids, are you? No, no more. Why did you say that? How would you know about that? Well, you cross your legs, perhaps something in the voice, or maybe I'm just guessing, is, is it your wife? Well, you're right. Well, that's none of your business. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Well, you're right. We'll have no more children. That is the way the cookie crumbles. Yes, I guess so. Well, now, what else? What were you saying about the zoo? I'd read about it or see? I'll tell you about it soon. Do you mind if I ask you questions? Oh, not really. I'll tell you why I do it. I don't talk to many people except to say, like, give me a beer or where's the John or what time does the feature go on or keep your hands to yourself, buddy, you know, things like that. I must say I don't. But every once in a while I like to talk to somebody, really talk, like to get to know somebody, know all <laughs> about them. And am I the guinea pig for today? On a sun-drenched Sunday afternoon like this, who better than a nice married man with two daughters and a dog? No? Two dogs. No dogs? Oh, it's a shame, but you look like an animal man. Cats! Cats. But that can't be your idea, no sir, your wife and daughters? Yeah, is there anything else I should know? There are <clears throat> there are two parakeets. One, uh, one for each of my daughters. Birds. My daughters keep them in a cage in their bedroom. Do they carry disease, the birds? I don't believe so. That's too bad. If they did, you could set them loose in the house, and the cats would eat them and die, maybe. <laughs> what else? What uh, what do you do to support your enormous household? I I have an executive position with a small publishing house. We uh, we publish textbooks. That sounds nice. Very nice. What do you make? Now look here. Oh come on. Well, I make around eighteen thousand a year, but I don't carry more than $40 at any one time in case you're a hold-up man. <laughs> Where do you live? Oh, look, I'm not going to rob you. I'm, I'm not going to kidnap your parakeets, your cats or your daughters. I live between Lexicon and 3rd Avenue on 74th Street. That wasn't so hard, was it? I didn't mean to seem, uh, it's, you don't really carry on a conversation. You just ask questions. And I'm, I'm normally uh, reticent. 
Why do you just stand there? I'll start walking around in a little while and eventually I'll sit down. Oh, wait until you see the expression on his face. What, what, whose face? Look here, is this something about the zoo? The what? The zoo, the zoo, something about the zoo. The zoo? You've mentioned it several times. Oh, the zoo. Um, I was there before I came here. I told you that. Hey, say, what's the dividing line between upper middle middle class and lower upper middle class? My dear fellow. Don't my dear fellow me. Was I patronising? I believe I was, I'm sorry. But you see, your questions about classes bewildered me. And when you're bewildered, you become patronising. I, I don't express myself too well sometimes. I'm in publishing, not writing. <laughs> so be it. The truth is, I was being patronising. Oh, now, you, 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 you needn't say that. All right. Who are your favourite writers? Baudelaire and Stephen King? I have a considerable Catholicity of taste. It may so, may, may, it may say so, if I may say so. Mm-hmm. Those two men are fine, each in his way. Baudelaire, of course, is is the far finer of the two, but uh, Stephen King has a place in our uh, national... Skip it. Sorry. Do you know what I did before I went to the zoo today? I walked all the way up Fifth Avenue from Washington Square, all the way. Oh, you live in the village. No, I don't. I took the subway down to the village so I could walk all the way up Fifth Avenue to the zoo. It's one of those things a person has to do. Sometimes a person has to go a very long distance out of his way to come back a short distance correctly. I thought you lived in the village. What were you trying to do? Make sense out of things? Bring order the old pigeonhole bit well it's easy i tell you i live in a four-story brownstone rooming house on the upper west side between columbus avenue and central park west i live on the top floor rear west it's a laughably small room and one of my walls is made of beaver board this beaver board separates my room from another laughably small room so i assume that the two rooms were once one room a small room but not necessarily laughable the room beyond my beaver board wall is occupied by a colored queen who always keeps his door open well not always but always when he's plucking his eyebrows which he does with buddhist concentration this colored queen has rotted teeth which is rare and he has a japanese kimono which is also pretty rare and he wears this kimono too and from the john in the hall which is pretty frequent i mean he goes to the john a lot he never bothers me and he never brings anyone up to his room all he does is pluck his eyebrows wear his kimono and go to the john now the two front rooms on my floor are a little larger i guess but they're pretty small too there's a puerto rico family in one of them a husband a wife and some kids i don't know how many these people entertain a lot you know and in in the other front room there's somebody living there but i don't know who it is i've never seen who it is never never ever why do you live there i don't know it it doesn't sound like a very nice place you can take okay Uh, Well, it's not. It's an apartment in the East 70s, but then again, I don't have one wife, two daughters, two cats, and two parakeets. What I do have, I have toilet articles, a few clothes, a hot plate that I'm not supposed to have, can opener, one that works uh, with a key, you know, like uh, a knife, two forks, two spoons, 
One small, one large, three plates, a cup, a saucer, a drinking glass, two picture frames, both empty, eight or nine books, pack of pornographic playing cards, regular deck, an old Western Union typewriter that prints nothing but capital letters, uh, and a small strong box without a lock, which has in it rocks, some rocks, sea-rounded rocks I picked up on the beach when I was a kid under which weighed down uh, uh, some letters, please, letters, Please, why don't you do this? And please, when will you do that? Letters and then uh, and when letters too. When will you write? When will you come? When these letters are from more recent years? About those two empty picture frames. I don't see why they need any explanation at all. Isn't it clear? I don't have any pictures of anyone to put in them. Your parents, perhaps a girlfriend. Oh, you're a very sweet man, and you possessed of a truly enviable innocence, but good old mum and pop are dead, you know, I'm broken up about it too, I mean really, but that particular vaudeville act is playing the cloud circuit now, so I don't see how I can look at them all neat and framed, besides or rather to be pointed about it, good old mum walked out on good old pop when I was ten and a half years old, she embarked on a an adulterous turn of our southern state's journey of a year's duration and her most constant companion, among others, among many others, was Mr. Barleycorn. At least that's what good old Pop told me after he went down, came back, brought her body north. We'd received the news between Christmas and New Year's, you see, that good old mom had parted with the ghost in some dump in Alabama and without the ghost, she was less welcome. I mean, what was she, a stiff? northern stiff at any rate good old pop celebrated the new year for an even two weeks and then stepped into the front of a somewhat moving city omnibus which sort of cleaned things out family-wise well no there was mom's sister who was neither given to sin nor the consolations of the bottle i moved in on her and my memory of her is slightly accepting. I, I remember still that she did all things dourly, sleeping, eating, working, praying. She dropped dead on the stairs to her apartment, my apartment then too, on the afternoon of my high school graduation. A terribly middle European joke, if you ask me. Oh, my, oh my. Oh, you what? But that was a long time ago, and I've no feeling about any of that I care to admit to myself. Perhaps you can see, though, why... Good old mom and good old papa, frameless. What's what's your name? Your first name. I'd forgotten to ask you. I'm Jerry. Hello, Jerry. And let's see now. What, what what's the point of having a girl's picture, especially in two frames? I have two picture frames. You remember. I, I never see the pretty little ladies more than once and most of them wouldn't be caught in the same room with a, a camera. It's, it's odd and I, and I wonder if it's sad. The girls? No, I wonder if it's sad that I never see the little ladies more than once. I've never been able to have sex with, or how's it put, make love to anybody more than once. Once. That's it. Oh, oh wait. For a week and a half when I was 15 and, and I had my head in shame that puberty was late, I was a... H-O-M-O-S-E-X-U-A-L. I mean, I was queer, 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 yeah, with bells ringing, banners snapping in the wind. And for those 11 days, I meet at least twice a day with the park superintendent's son, a Greek boy whose birthday was the same as mine, except he was a year older. I think I was very much in love, maybe just with sex, but that was the, the jazz of a very special hotel, wasn't it? And now, oh, I do love the little ladies, really. I love them for about an hour. 
Well, <clears throat> it seems perfectly simple to me. Look, are you going to tell me to get married and have parakeets? Forget the parakeets and stay single if you want to. It's no business of mine. I didn't start this conversation in the first... Oh, all right. All right. I'm sorry. All right. You're not angry. No, I'm not angry. Good. Interesting that you asked me about the picture frames. I would have thought that you would have asked me about the pornographic playing cards. Oh, I've seen those cards. That's not the point. <laughs> I suppose when you were a kid and, and your pals passed them around or you had to pack your own? Well, I guess a lot of us did. And you threw them away just before you got married. Oh, now look here. I didn't need anything like that when I got older. No? I'd rather not talk about these things. So don't. Besides, I wasn't trying to pull your post-adolescent sexual life and hard times. What I, what I wanted to get at is the value difference between pornographic playing cards when you're a kid and pornographic playing cards when you're older. It's that when you're a kid, you use the cards as a substitute for a real experience. And when you're older, you use real experience as a substitute for the fantasy. But I imagine you'd rather hear about what happened at the zoo. Oh, yes, the zoo. That is, if you... Let me tell you about why I went. Well, let me tell you some things. I told you about the fourth floor of the rooming house where I live. I think the rooms are better as you go down floor by floor. I guess they are. I don't know. I don't know any of the people on the third and second floor. Oh, wait, I do know that there's a lady living on the third floor in the front. I know because she cries all the time. Whenever I go out or come back in, whenever I pass her door, I always hear her crying. Muffled, but very determined, very determined indeed. But the one I'm getting to um, in all about the dog is the landlady. I don't like to use words that are too harsh in describing people. We don't like to, but the landlady is a fat, ugly, mean, stupid, unwashed, misanthropic, cheap, drunken bag of garbage. And you may have noticed that I very seldom use profanity, so I can't describe her as well as I might. You describe her vividly. Thanks. Anyway, she has a dog, and I'll tell you about the dog. And she and her dog are the gatekeepers of my dwelling. The woman is bad enough. She leans around in the entrance hall spying to see that I don't bring things in or people. And when she's had her mid-afternoon pint of lemon-flavoured gin, she always stops me in the hall and grabs hold of my coat on my arm, and she presses uh, her disgusting body up to me to keep me in a corner so she can talk to me. The smell of her body and her breath... You, you cannot imagine it. And somewhere, somewhere in the back of that pea-sized brain of hers, um, an organ developed just enough to let her eat, drink, and emit. She has some foul parody of sexual desire. And I, Peter, am, I am the object of her sweaty lust. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> that's horrible. But I have found a way to keep her off. When she talks to me, when she presses herself to my body and mumbles about her room and how I should come there, I merely say, but love wasn't yesterday enough for you and the day before. And she puzzles, she makes slits of her tiny eyes, she sways a little and then, Peter, and, and it is at this moment that I think I might be doing some good in that tormented house. A, a simple-minded smile begins to form on her unthinkable face and she giggles and groans as she thinks about yesterday and the day before, as she believes and relieves what never happened. Then she motions to that black monster of a dog she has and she goes back to her room and I'm safe until our next meeting. It's so unthinkable. I find it hard to believe that people such as that really are. 
It's for reading about, isn't it? Yes. In fact, is better left to fiction. You're right, Peter. What have I? Oh, what I have been meaning to tell you about is the dog. I shall now. Oh yes, the dog. No, don't go. You're not thinking of going, are you? Well, no, I didn't think so. Because after I tell you about the dog, do you know what then? Then I'll tell you about what happened at the zoo. You're 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 full of stories, aren't you? You don't have to listen. Nobody's holding you here. Remember that. Keep that in your mind. I know that. You do? Good. All right. What I'm going to tell you has something to do with how sometimes it's necessary to go a long distance out of the way in order to come back a short distance correctly. Or maybe I only think that it has something to do with that. But it's why I went to the zoo today and why I walked north, northerly, rather until I came here. All right. The dog. Think I told you is black monster of a beast. Oversized head, tiny, tiny ears and eyes, bloodshot, infected maybe in a, in a body. You can, you can see the ribs through the skin. The dog is black, all black, all black, except for bloodshot eyes and yes, and an open sore on its uh, right forepaw. That is, that is red too. Oh, and a yes, poor monster. And I do believe it is an old dog. It's certainly a misused one. Almost always has an erection of sorts. That's red too. And, what else? Oh, yes. He's a grey, yellow, white colour too when he, when he bears his fangs like this. Which is what he did uh, when he saw me for the first time the day I moved in. I worried about that animal the very first minute I met him. Now, animals don't take to me like St. Francis had birds hanging off him all the time. What I mean is animals are indifferent to me, like people, most of the time. But... This dog wasn't indifferent from the very beginning. He'd snarl and then he'd go for me and, and get one of my legs. Not like he was rabid, you know. He was sort of a stumbly dog, but he wasn't half-assed either. He, it was a good stumbly run, but I always got away. He got a piece of my trouser leg. Look, you, you can see it right here where it's mended. He got that the second day I lived there, but I kicked free, got upstairs fast. So that was that. Still don't know to this day how the other rumors manage it. But you know what I think? I think it had to do only with me, cosy. So anyway, this went on for over a week. Whenever I came in, but never when I went out. It's funny, or it was funny. I, I could pack up and live in the street for all that dog gear. Well, I thought about it up in my room one day, one of the times after I bolted upstairs and I made up my mind, I decided first I'll kill the dog with kindness. And if that doesn't work, I'll just kill him. Don't react, Peter, just listen. So the next day, I went out and bought a bag of hamburgers. Medium rare, no catsup, no onion. And on the way home, I threw away all the rolls and just kept the meat. When I got back to the rooming house, the dog was waiting for me. I half opened the door that led into the entrance hall, and there he was, waiting for me. Figures, I went in very cautiously, and I, and I had the hamburgers. You remember, I opened the bag, and I set the meat down about 12 feet from where the dog was snarling at me, just like so. He snarls, stops snarling, sniffs, moves slowly, then faster, then faster towards the meat. Well, when he got to it, he stopped. He looked at me. I smiled, but tentatively, you understand, he, he turned his face back to the hamburgers, smelled, sniffed some more, and then, just like that, he tore into them. Them. It was as if he had never eaten anything before in his life, except like garbage. 
which might very well have been the truth. I don't think the landlady ever eats anything but garbage. But he ate all the hamburgers almost all at once, making sounds in his throat like a woman. Then when he'd finished the meat, the hamburger, and tried to eat the paper too, he sat down and smiled. Well, I think he smiled. I know cats do. It was a very gratifying few moments. Then he snarled and made for me again. He didn't get me this time either, so I got upstairs and I lay down on my bed and I started to think about the dog again. To be truthful... I was offended. And it's damn mad too. It was six perfectly good hamburgers with not enough pork in them to make it disgusting. I was offended. But after a while, I decided to try it for a few more days. If you think about it, this dog had what amounted to an antipathy towards me, really. And I wondered if I mightn't overcome this antipathy. So I tried it for five more days, but it was always the same. Snarl, sniff, move, faster, gobble, stare, gobble, rah, smile, snarl, bam. Well, now this time, Columbus Avenue is strewn with hamburger rolls, and I was less offended than disgusted, so I decided to kill the dog. Don't be so alarmed, Peter. I didn't succeed. The day I tried to kill the dog, I bought only one hamburger and what I thought was a murderous portion of rat poison. When I bought the hamburger, I asked the man not to bother with the roll. All I wanted was the meat. I expected some reaction from him like, we don't sell no hamburgers without rolls. Or What do you want to do? Eat it out of the hands? But no, he smiled benignly, wrapped up the hamburger in wax paper and said, a bite for your pussycat. I wanted to say, no, not really. It's part of a plan to poison a dog I don't know but you can't say a dog I don't know without sounding funny so I said a little too loud I'm afraid and and too formally yes a bite for my pussycat people looked up it always happens when I try and simplify things people look up but that's neither hither nor thither so on my way back to the rooming house I needed the hamburger and the rat poison together between my hands at that point feeling as much sadness as disgust I I opened the door to the entrance hall and there the monster was waiting to take the offering and then jump me poor bastard he he never learned that the moment he took to smile before he went for me gave me enough time to get out of the range but there he was malevolence with an erection waiting I put the poison patty down, moved towards the stairs and watched. The poor animal gobbled the food down as usual, smiled, which made me almost sick, and then BAM! And I sprinted up the stairs as usual, and the dog didn't get me as usual. And it came to pass that the de- the beast was deathly ill. I knew this because he no longer attended me and because the landlady sobered up. So she stopped me in the hall the same evening of the attempted murder and confided the information that God had struck her puppy dog a surely fatal blow. She had forgotten her bewildered lust and her eyes were wide open for the first time. They, they looked like the dog's eyes. She sniveled and implored me to pray for the animal. I wanted to say to her, Madam, I have myself to pray for, the colored queen, the Puerto Rican family, the person in the front room whom I've never seen, the woman who cries deliberately behind her closed door, and the rest of the people in all rooming houses everywhere. Besides, Madam, I don't understand how to pray, but to simplify things, I told her I would pray. She looked up, she said that I was a liar, and that I probably wanted the dog to die. I told her, and there was so much truth here, that I didn't want the dog to die, I didn't, and not just because I've poisoned him. I'm afraid that I must tell you I wanted the dog to live so I could see what our new relationship might come to. Please, understand, Peter. That sort of thing is is important. You must believe me. It is important. We have to know the effect of our actions. <sighs> well, anyway, the dog recovered. I've no idea why, unless he was a descendant of the puppy that, that guarded the gates of hell or some such resort. I'm not, I'm not up on my mythology. Are you? Anyway, um, 
And you've missed the $8,000 question, Peter. At any rate, the dog recovered his health and the lad later recovered her thirst, in no way altered by the Bow Wow's deliverance. When I came home from a movie that was playing on 42nd Street, a movie I'd seen or one that was very much like one or several I'd seen after the, the landlady told me Puppykins was better. So I was hoping for the dog to be waiting for me. I was, well, how'd you put it? Enticed. Fascinated? No, I don't think so. Heart-shatteringly anxious. That is it. I was heart-shatteringly anxious to confront my friend again. Oh. Ye yes, Peter, friend. That is the only word for it. I was heart-shatteringly, etc., to confront my doggy friend again. I came in the door and advanced, unafraid, to the center of the entrance hall. The beast was there looking at me, and you know, he looked better for his scrape with the never mind. I stopped. I looked at him. He looked at me. I think, I think we stayed a long time that way still stone statue just just looking at one another i looked more into his face than he looked into mine i mean i can't concentrate longer at looking into a dog's face than a dog can concentrate into looking at mine or into anyone else's face for all that matter but during that 20 seconds or two hours that we looked into each other's face we made contact now here is what i wanted to happen i loved the dog now and i wanted him to love me i tried to love then i tried to kill both had been unsuccessful by themselves. I hoped, and I don't really know why I expected the dog to understand anything, much less my motivations. I hoped that the dog would understand. It's just, it's just that, it's just that you can't deal with people. You have to make a start somewhere with, with animals. Don't you see? Like a person has to have some way of dealing with something, if not, if not people, something with a bed, with a cockroach, with a mirror. No, that, that's too hard. That's one of the last steps. With a cockroach, with a, with a carpet, a roll of toilet paper. No, not that. That's a mirror. No, too. Always check bleeding. You can see how hard it is to find things with a street corner and too many lights, all colours reflecting the oily, wet streets with a wisp of smoke, a wisp of smoke, with pornographic playing cards, with a strong box without a lock, with love, with vomiting, with crying, with fury, because the pretty little ladies aren't pretty little ladies, with making money with your body, which is an act of love. And I, I could prove it with, with howling because you're alive with God. How's about that with God, who is a coloured queen, who wears a kimono and plucks her eyebrows, who is a woman, who cries with determination behind her closed door with God, who I'm told turned his back on the whole thing some time ago with someday with people, with, ugh, people, with an idea, a, a, a concept. And, and we're better. We're ever better in this humiliating excuse for a jail. We're better to communicate one single simple-minded idea than an entrance hall. Where it would be a start. We're better to make a beginning, to understand and just possibly to be understood. A beginning of an understanding. And then with, then with a dog just there, a dog, a dog, seemed to me like a perfectly sensible idea, man is a dog's best friend, remember, so the dog and I looked at each other, I longer than the dog, and, and what I saw then has been the same ever since, whenever the dog and I see each other, we both stop where we are, we regard each other with a mixture of sadness and suspicion, then we feign indifference, we walk past each other safely, we have an understanding, it's very sad, but you'll have to admit that it is an understanding. We had made many attempts at contact and we had failed. The dog has returned to garbage and I to solitary but free passage. I have not returned, I mean, <laughs> to say I have gained solitary free passage if that much further loss can be said to be gained. I, I have learned that neither kindness nor cruelty by themselves, independent of each other, creates any effect beyond themselves. And I have learned that the two combined together at the same time are the teaching emotion and what is gained is loss. And what has been the result, the dog and I, 
have attempted a compromise, more of a bargain. Really, we neither love nor hurt because we do not try to reach each other and was trying to feed the dog an act of love and perhaps was the dog's attempt to, to bite me not an act of, of, of love. Thank you for not, not taking that, Peter. And if we so misunderstand, well, then why have we invented the word love in the first place? Story of Jerry and the dog, the end. Well, Peter? Well, Peter, do you think I could sell that story to Reader's Digest to make a couple hundred bucks for the most unforgettable character I've ever met? Huh? Come on. Now, Peter, tell me what you, you think. I don't understand... I don't think I. Why do you tell me all this? Why not? I don't understand. It's a lie. No, no, it's not. I tried to explain it to you as I went along. I went slowly. It all has to do. It has to do I with. The... I don't understand you or your landlady or your dog. Her dog. I th it was my. No, no, you're right. It is her dog. I don't know what I was thinking about. Of course you don't understand. I don't live in your block. I'm not married to two parakeets or whatever your setup is. I'm a permanent transient and my home is a sickening rooming house on the west side of New York City, which is the greatest city in the world. I mean. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. No, forget it. I, I suppose you don't quite know what to make of me, eh? <laughs> We get all kinds in publishing. You're a funny man. <laughs> you know that? You're a very richly comic person. Oh, no, not really. <laughs> Peter, do I annoy you or confuse you? Well, I must confess that this wasn't the kind of afternoon I'd anticipated. You mean I'm not the gentleman you were expecting. I wasn't expecting anybody. No, I don't imagine you were, but I'm here and I'm not leaving. Well, you may not be, but I must be getting home soon. Oh, come on, stay a while longer. I really should get home, you see. Oh, come on. Tickle, tickle, tickle. Come on, Peter. <laughs> no, no, I don't, don't, don't. <laughs> tickle, tickle, tickle. Oh. <laughs> come, come on. on. No. Come on! <laughs> I must go. <laughs> oh, stop here. He, after the cats will be getting dinner ready soon. <laughs> and the cats are setting the table top. Tickle, tickle, tickle. And we're happy. <laughs> tickle, tickle, tickle. I'll stop. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> what? What? Listen. Listen now. Oh, oh, what is it, Jerry? Oh, my. Peter, do you want to know what happened at the zoo? Ah, the what? Oh, yes, the zoo. Oh, <laughs> 
Well, I had my own zoo there for a moment with the parakeets getting dinner ready and then the uh, whatever it was. Yes, that was very funny, Peter. I wouldn't have expected it, but do you want to hear about what happened at the zoo or not? Yes, yes, by all means, tell me what happened at the zoo. Oh, my, I don't know what happened to me. Now, I'll let you in on what happened at the zoo, but first I should tell you why I went to the zoo. I went to the zoo to find out more about the way people exist with animals and the way animals exist with each other and with people too. It probably wasn't a fair test, what with everyone separated by bars from everyone else, the animals for the most part from each other and always the people from the animals. But if it's a zoo, that's the way it is. Oak, move over. I'm sorry, haven't you enough room? Well, all the animals are there and all the people are there and it's Sunday and all the children are there. Move over. All right. And it's a hot day, so all the stench is there too and all the balloon sellers and all the ice cream sellers and all the seals are barking and all the birds are screaming, move over. Look here, you have more than enough room. And now I am there and it's feeding time at the lion's house and the lion keeper comes to the lion's cage, one of the lion's cages to to feed one of the... Move over! I can't move over anymore and stop hitting me! Do you want to hear the story? What's the matter with you? Do you want to hear the story? I'm not so sure. I certainly don't want to be punched in the arm. Like that? Stop it! What's the matter with you? I'm crazy, you bastard! That isn't funny. Listen to me, Peter. I want this bench. You go sit on the bench over there, and if you're good, I'll tell you the rest of the story. But whatever for? What is the matter with you? Besides, I I see no reason why I should give up this bench. I sit on this bench almost every Sunday afternoon in good weather. It's secluded here. There's never anyone sitting here. So I have it all to myself. Get off this bench, Peter. I want it. No. I said, I want this bench. I'm going to have it. I get People can't have everything they want. You should know that. It's a rule. People can have some of the things they want, but they can't have everything. (laughs) Imbecile, you're slow-witted. Stop that. You're a vegetable. Go lie down on the ground. Now you listen to me and I put up with you all afternoon. Not really. Long enough. I've put up with you long enough. I've listened to you because you seem well, because I thought you wanted to to talk to somebody. You put things well economically, and yet what is the word that I want to put justice to you? Jesus, you make me sick. Get off here and give me my bench. My bench. Get out of my sight. God damn you. That's enough. I've had enough of you. I will not give up this bench. You can't have it, and that's that. Now, go away. Go away, I said. (laughs) Get away from here. If you don't move on, you're a bum. That's what you are. If you don't move on, I'll get a policeman here and make 
you go. <laughs> I warn you, I'll call a policeman. You won't find a policeman round here. They're all over the west side of the park, chasing fairies down from the trees and out of the bushes. That's all they do. That is their function. So scream your head off. It won't do you any good. Police, I warn you, I'll have you arrested. Police, I said police. You look ridiculous, a grown man screaming for the police on a bright Sunday afternoon in the park with nobody harming you. If a policeman did fill his quota and come sludging over this way, he'd probably take you in as a nut. Great God, I just came here to read. And now you're never going to have it for yourself again. Hey, I've got news for you. As they say, I'm on your precious bench. And you're never going to have it for yourself again. Look, you get off my bench. I don't care if it makes any sense or not. I want this bench to myself. I want you off it. Oh, look who's mad. Get out. No. I warn you. Do you know how ridiculous you look now? Get away from my bench. Why? You have everything in the world you want. You have told me about your home and your family and your own little zoo. You have everything, and now you want this bench. Are these the things men fight for? Tell me, Peter, is this bench, this iron and this wood, is this your honour? Is this the thing in the world you'd fight for? Can you think of anything more absurd? Absurd? Look... I'm not going to talk to you about honour or even try to explain it to you. Besides, it isn't a question of honour, but even if it were, you wouldn't understand. You don't even know what you're saying, do you? This is probably the first time in your life you've had anything more trying to face the, 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 the challenging than your, your cat's toilet box. Stupid. Do you have any idea, no, even the slightest, what other people need? Oh, boy, listen to you. Well, you don't need this bench, that's for sure. Yes, yes, I do. I've come here for years. I have hours of great pleasure, great satisfaction right here. And that's important to a man. I'm a responsible person and I'm a grown-up. This is my bench and you have no right to take it away from me. Fight for it then. Defend yourself, defend your bench. You push me to it. Get up and fight. Like a man? Yes, like a man, if you insist on mocking me even further. I have to give you credit for one thing. You are a vegetable and a slightly nearsighted one, I think. That's enough. But, you know, as they say on TV all the time, you know, and I mean this, Peter, you have a certain dignity. It surprises me. Stop! Very well, Peter. We'll battle for the bench, but we're not evenly matched. You see, I have this ugly-looking knife. You are mad. You're stark, raving mad. You're going to kill me. No, there you go. You pick it up. On the ground there, you have the knife, and that way we will be more evenly matched. No! You pick up that knife and you fight with me, okay? You fight for your self-respect. You fight for that goddamn bench. No, let go. Let go of me. Help! Come fight, you miserable bastard. Fight for the bench. 
Fight for your parakeets. Fight for your cats. Fight for your two daughters. Fight for your wife. Fight for your manhood, you pathetic little vegetable. You couldn't even get your wife with a male child. It's a matter of genetics, not manhood. You you monster. Ooh, I've got the knife now, Peter. I'll give you one last chance. Get out of here and leave me alone. (sighs) So be it. (laughs) Oh... drive you away <laughs> you don't know how afraid I was you'd you go and leave me and now I'll, I'll tell you what happened at, at the zoo I, I think this is what happened at the zoo I, I think that while I was at the zoo I decided that I would walk north uh, northerly rather I found you or somebody and I decided that I would talk to you I will tell you things and the things that I would tell you, well, here we are, you see, here we are, but I don't know, how could I have planned all this? No, no, I couldn't have, but I think I, I think I did. Now I've told you what you wanted to know, haven't I? And now you know all about what happened at the zoo and you know what you'll see on your TV and the the face. I told you about, you'll remember the the face. I, I told you about my face, the face you see. Right now, Peter, 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 thank you. I came to you, and you, you have, you have comforted, comforted me, Peter. Oh my God! You better, you better go now. You better go now. Somebody might come, and you don't want to be here when anyone comes. Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> you won't be coming. Back here anymore, Peter. You've been dispossessed. You've lost your pinch, but you defended your honour. And, and Peter, I tell you something. Now you're not. You're not really a vegetable. It's, it's all right. You're, you're an animal. You're an animal too. But you better. You better hurry now, Peter. Hurry. You better go. See. So hurry. Hurry away, Peter. Wait. Wait. Wait, Peter. Peter, take your book. You're right. Yeah. Here beside me on your your bench. My bench. Oh, rather come take, take, take your book, Peter. Hurry, hurry, Peter. Very good, Peter. Very good now. Hurry, hurry away, hurry away, hurry, hurry away. Your parakeets are making dinner. The cats are sitting the table. Oh my God! Oh, oh my God! Ta-da. He's dead. He's dead. Well, that was fun. How did you enjoy that? I had some very oh, long speeches, sorry. Your cat. I should have said her cat. Oh. Um, 
but um, and I'm sorry. Weirdly enough, my brother played this part a long time ago. It was one of oh, his really? great things. Uh, did you or did you not miss out the heading of the story of Jerry and the dog? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it's like he says it has to be, it's the, the sort of headline. Of that Jerry and the dog. The story of I thought Jerry I said that. And the dog. It, we'll, I, I'll, I'll pick maybe, it up. In, uh, I'll pick it yeah. up in post, David. I'll see. I'll, I'll I'll stop recording now.